Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time is most appropriate for you as you are tuning into this podcast. Welcome to a brand new day with Stephanie J. I am your host, and I am delighted just to be with you for this short time that I have to talk on this episode. Psalm 118 and 24 says, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I'm glad just to be alive. And as the old folks used to say, in the, uh, among the land of the living, what does it mean to rejoice, to experience joy and gladness in a high degree? to be exhilarated with lively and pleasurable sensations, to exalt. And my acronym for rejoice is reach every day for the joy offered in Christ to everyone. That's right. It is available to you if you so choose to receive the free gift of salvation and I don't have time to go deep in that right now. We'll probably talk about that on a series dealing with the cross. But Jesus Christ of Nazareth came to this earth. He walked this earth. His birth was prophesied. You can go all the way back to Isaiah, go all the way back to Genesis 3.15 when God promises and prophesies a seed would come and crush Satan He's been talked about all through the, the Old Testament prophets. And then we see uh, throughout the Gospels in the New Testament of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talks all about him, about his life. John focuses more on the words and the ministry of Jesus. And the other Gospels focus most more so on his miracles and then the book of Acts tells about the building of the church, the apostles that he took under him going out and spreading the word as he commanded them to do when he was on his way ascending back up to heaven to be seated at the right hand of the father. And Hebrews tells us that today Jesus is alive and well. He didn't stay in the grave. He got up. So glad about that. He got up. I have a song called a resurrection song that talks about that. Um, he died on a Friday or a Thursday, as the scholars tell us. He rose on the third day. It's not just the holiday. That's just man's way. I'm so glad I know that he got up because that means everything for my life today. I'm living today because he died and because he rose for me. One pastor said, you know, y'all stop leaving Jesus in the grave. That's not where, where it is. He got up and when he left, he ascended on high and he gave the apostles a work to do. And because of that ministry, we have it today and we've been charged with a commission to go out and do the same thing. And so that's what my podcasts are about. I am not coming with my brand. I am not here to build up my name. I've had a lot of opportunities all throughout my life and I thank God for it. And, you know, I just never chose to, to seek the celebrity path. I had people coming after me for modeling opportunities. And I remember the first one in high school, my father just ripped it up. <laughs> he told me, you don't know what them people coming after you for. You don't know what it's all about. So 
Um, I wasn't interested in in that anyway, but um, I've been singing since I was two. They told me I was banging on a piano and singing It's Gonna Rain. I don't even know the song, but they said I would sing that song and play on a piano at two. So maybe God was just putting signs and hints of some of the things that uh, would manifest in my life through a whole lot of experiences. But I have been reading his word, learning his word ever since I was a little girl in church, hearing the word, loving the word, loving preaching, just never wanted to preach. And I mentioned in a previous broadcast that my pastor called me up twice and I have it on recording to this day. That was more than 35 years ago. My father saved those tapes. He used to make cassettes uh, as a deacon and um, a superintendent of Sunday school. <clears throat> he would get a lot of the tapes and he just sent me a whole envelope full of tapes one day and those prayers and, and prophecies were on there. And I was like, oh my goodness, I remember this. And my husband was sitting there at the time and he was looking at me. He said, yeah, right. And then a few minutes after the pastor prayed the prayer, he said, you know, you will evangelize the world. God has called you to evangelize and you would. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a few minutes later, he yelled out my name and told me to raise my hand <laughs> and he spoke further over me. So I thank God for that. God knew who he created and what he created me to be and what he would want me to do. And even though and I know a lot of people can relate to this, even though the enemy came with his agenda and he always comes only but to kill, steal and destroy. John 10 and 10 says he thought that he would take me off course so much that I would never get around to doing what God called me to do. But he's a liar. And I'm sitting in front of this microphone today. That's proof of it. Because even though I'm not standing in a pulpit, which a lot of times my ministry was not just in a pulpit, I ministered to people on the streets. I'll get into that. I get into it in my book. I don't have time. My ministry started many years ago, back in Pennsylvania, feeding homeless people on the street, cooking food in my in my kitchen, taking food out in platters. And it continued all the way up to Virginia up until about maybe two years ago. My family and I would, you know, I sold barbershop dinners at one time and I take all that food and go out and drive my car all over, even as far as DC and we'd feed people. And I'm talking good food, baked chicken, meatloaf, greens, cabbage, chili, crackers, homemade pound cake, whatever I made that day, I took it out and, you know, put it out in the streets. I've given out clothes and things like that. That started with my grandmother when I was a child back on the streets of Philadelphia. So I tell people, my ministry is not all about just preaching and having a platform and building a name and all of that. I'm not interested in that. I would have done it years ago. I've had many opportunities and I've been involved in many ministries and I've done a lot of things on my own, but I'm here to do the work that he called me to do. And so this podcast is all about 
encouraging people in the Lord, as we would say in the church. I'm trying to give you some seeds that you can take and plant them in your life. And so I started the last podcast, podcast, excuse me, about speaking God's word. And although we're in the midst of difficult times and there is sadness and grief and gloom and it, it looks bleak and it looks dismal and it looks hopeless. Do you know you can even uh, take control over your vocabulary and change what you're speaking? I put in a plug for a book called Brain Builders, the last podcast, a book that I got several years ago and that you know I work with my son who is a homeschool student. You can pick up a book like that and really expand your vocabulary or you could take Webster's Dictionary. We have about three or four dictionaries here. We use dictionaries and thesauruses in this household. I made sure my children did all through their school years. We stayed at the library. I am a huge aficionado of the public library. And I made a vow one day I'm going to be able to make a large donation to the libraries because I have gotten so much education taught myself, taught my children, and they've benefited greatly. I have college graduates. My son just graduated, as I shared, from Temple University. To this day, they still read a lot, and they're still spending time in the library up until they close. In fact, we have a bag full of library materials here because the last time we went, shortly after, Corona came and shut everything down. And so they asked, you know, keep the materials. And we stopped by this morning on our journey and it's still closed. And they're saying, don't return the materials, keep them until we reopen. So we still have a lot of materials. I am a huge, huge, huge advocate for the library. I told people that has always been my place of academe. You can learn anything there. And I have taken advantage of the library. It is a great, great place to study, to get materials. You don't have to pay for them. Just take care of the materials, please. <laughs> At least you can do that to return them on time so other people can use them, you know, be a good citizen. But anyway, that's just another plug. <laughs> Um, I was dealing with some scriptures on speaking God's word and yes, speaking positively, even in the face of negativity, because the Bible tells us you're going to have what you say. And if you keep speaking death and I have spoken myself into some situations, even to this day, I am still dealing with some of the effects. So this is serious. I really wanted to deal with this because I have created some situations in my life where I would look back and say, God, what is up with this? You know, all these prophecies, I have all these recordings of people speaking over my life and praying and, you know, I'm like, how is it this was said and that was said, but I've gone through years of this and years of that. And I've realized and some of, not all, because some things were just destined to happen. I didn't have any control over losing my loved ones and things like that, but I'm talking some bad choices that I made, even relationships. Can I get an amen out there? I don't want to go too deep with that. We'll talk about marriage and some other things another time, but 
I've had some struggles, man. I've had some struggles and I'm like, what is going on? And no, I'm not talking about Marvin Gaye's song, but he did say, you know, get it really, really the way it is, you know, in, in the lyrics to that song, what's going on, what is really going on? And the Lord started bringing me across sermons and books and things and, and scriptures in his word. And it's like, oh man. I did say that. I did speak that. And so I learned a little bit too late, but thank God it's not too late to change it. You set these laws in motion when you begin to speak them. And I talked about how God framed the world with his own word. This world is in existence and still holding up. God doesn't come back every day and say, okay, son, um, I'm gonna need you to stay up in the sky for a few hours. You know, that's if, if you're not too busy, if, if you, you no, know, he spoke and it was, and the Bible says, and God saw that it was good. And all these years later, it's still good because we're still receiving warmth from the sun, sunburns, suntans, <laughs> you know, we get our summer heat and spring and all of that. So everything is still in place by those words. So words play a very vital word. Um, I'm thinking about words, words, on my, words play a very vital part in our lives. So I think it behooves us to learn how to use our words wisely so that we can stop it's like every book I read, it constantly dwells on the fact. And I know that this is true even in my own life. We say we want different things, but yet we speak in a way that causes us to keep getting the same old things. And it's like, why am I getting the same old thing? I want this. I've, I spoke this. But Look at what you're putting your focus and your attention on. And no, I am not speaking of the law of attraction to acquire materialistic things. That is not what I'm talking about here. I have the Bible in front of me. I have my little God's promises for your every need book that I've been carrying around and had for many, many years. I look at these words and these are the word of God, the words of Jesus, the words of the prophets. These are good words. And even in negative situations, you can see where the word of God was used to turn it around. And that is what we need to learn to do in order to come up out of this stuff, in order to change things in our personal lives and get this, the lives of others. As a parent, I'm like you. I love my children and I want the best for my children. I may not have been perfect or always have done the right things, but I know without a shadow of a doubt, I've done the best I could. I've made sacrifices for my children like my parents never did. I wanted the best for my kids. I even picked up and relocated, took them from Pennsylvania because I just did not want my kids growing up there. I wanted better opportunities for my children. And thank God for the most part, even though it was hard, it was a struggle. You know, I was leaving a marriage. That's a whole nother situation. But I basically started from scratch and it was only only the grace of God and faith. I've wrote about that in my book. I have a book called Simply Employable in no time at all because I used to do employment workshops in Virginia, but 
I tell the story of how I actually got to Virginia and that was by faith. So people understand me when I'm talking to you, I am not just talking about book and textbook knowledge. I am sharing a lot of wisdom gleaned and learned from experiences. It was faith that got me here to Virginia, just standing on the word of God. That, that's what it is. And so I would like it if everyone learned to use their words wisely and learned to speak and say what the Lord has said, even about the coronavirus. The weapon may form, but it won't prosper. It may come to my right side. It may come to my right hand, but it will not come nigh my dwelling. This household is covered. Instead of saying things like, well, you know, it's really dangerous right now. The coronavirus is all around. We got to be careful because you can go places and end up getting it. And you know, it's causing death all around and you don't want to die. No, nobody does, but inevitably it will happen at some point in time, be it you leave here this way or you're alive until Jesus comes back. The Bible says he's going to crack the sky and those who are alive will be caught up to meet him in the air. It's, but it's, you're going out of here some way. My only hope is that when it happens, however it happens, because none of us know, not even those people with the crystal ball. <laughs> Anybody remember <laughs> the, the late night TV show that used to come on? <laughs> Miss, Miss Cleo, she was the psychic. And she would say, calling me now. Thank God I never called her. I don't want to hear nothing you got to say or anybody else practicing that. But nobody knows when or exactly how, but I'm living my life in such a way that, hey, it can happen at any moment. And the Bible tells us to be prepared. Be ye ready. At, watch for him as a thief in the night because he's coming. I don't care whether you want him to or not. I don't care who believes it or not. He's coming because the Bible says so. And if you look into the scriptures, you will see that we are just about in those times. Revelation is filled with prophecy and it tells us what's going to take place all the way up until the 21st and 22nd chapter where it talks about the end, where it talks about my favorite verse, Psalm, uh, excuse me, Revelation 20 and 10 that talks about the enemy being bound and cast into that pit. And I chair, woohoo, his reign is almost up. His time is short and he knows it. You better understand that he's still walking about. The Bible says as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But guess what? He can only get the weakest link. Are you that weakest link? Because I'm not. I've been through some rounds with the enemy. Oh, he's tried to take me out. He tried to take one of my children out with a fall. Whoo, thank you, Jesus. Let me not start praising him up in here. If I, if I go back there, I'm, I'm going to be overcome. Just um, fell off a balcony on a cement ground. My brother died from that same type of fall, those same type of injuries. My God, I didn't plan to go here, but this is such a good testimony. I'm going to keep it brief so I can get back into this word. And um, the friend that he was with at the time, he, he was dizzy. He got up and they just kind of walked away. He thought he was okay. And they went back to 
the the mother's house where you know his friend was staying. He actually stayed at my home for a little bit, so they were really close friends. And my son began to have a headache, and his friend went and got him some medication that was in the house that did not help the situation. I don't know where my son is. He's a teenager at this time and I'm looking for him and I'm calling. And I'm not getting an answer. Well, his mother worked the hospital on an overnight shift. And so she was asleep and I get a call almost midnight from the hospital telling me that my son is in the hospital. I get there. I don't know what's going on. I don't have any idea what happened. No information, no personal call. And I call her and tell her what's happening. So I take my son and daughter and we go, I grab my Bible and I grab my oil. And the interesting thing about this was the Lord had instructed me to go on a three day after absolute fast. I had th been three days with nothing to eat and nothing to drink. See, I didn't know what was going to happen, but he was preparing me. So when I got to the hospital, Caucasian doctor comes over and I, I really did take offense at the way he greeted me, but he didn't understand that I didn't know the situation. So he came in chewing, eating peanuts and acting like he, this is something out of a comic strip. I look at my son and he's in a bed with bandages wrapped around him and blood around him and blood on his wrist. And, and he's like saying the same things over and over again, talking the same stuff. This is my son. And a doctor walks over to me and he says, yeah, so yeah, he's got a little concussion, contusion, you know, crack liver, uh, this, that, and the other, but he, he looks like he'll be all right. He'll make it like he was joking. And I said, is this some kind of joke to you? And he's like, lady, what are you talking about? I said, you're talking about my son. Like, this is like a joke. This is serious. He said, yeah, well, lady, I've been here working on your son and been here with him for hours. Where you been? You just showing up. I said, sir, I just got a recording on my phone at 11 something in the evening telling me he was here. I didn't even know what happened. And then he looks at the other doctors. He's like, Oh, okay. He said, uh, you might want to let them know out there, blah, blah, blah. And he said, okay, I apologize. Let's take this from the beginning. And he began to explain it to me. So they told me that my son might have neurological damage. He may have brain damage. He may not recover fully the way that he fell. He broke his wrist. It's split, but it may heal. They're giving me all this negative news. And this, I guess this is why he gave it to me because it ties into speaking the word. So we were all in the room. And after they finished, I said, can y'all just give me a few minutes with my son, please? So they looked at me like, what? <laughs> I said, please, can I just have a few minutes with my son? They left out the room. I got my oil out my bag. Yes, anointing oil. It wasn't special from the Holy Land or anything like that. Just regular oil that we had anointed and prayed over. I anointed my son from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. He kept repeating the same old stuff. I just had to tune him out and I took my word. I opened it up and I walked around his bed and I began to speak and declare scriptures off from the word of God by your stripes. He is already healed. And I thank you right now, father, that there will be no neurological damage. His brain will operate just as it did before, only better. God, you are able to do the impossible. And I began to speak that and I sat by his bed and I read Psalms to him and long and short of it because my time is running down and I do want to give some more of the word. 
within three days, I was able to take him home. And none of the stuff that the doctors predicted came to pass. I took him to one therapy appointment and they basically said, okay, his liver will heal itself. He's young, he's healthy. And his wrist, the surgeon told me he pulled out his x-rays. The surgeon said, boy, I wish I could create a split this perfect. He said the way his wrist split, he won't need any surgery. He said, it will just heal on its own. So I took him home and boy, that boy was reading that Bible and up at night with the, the flashlight underneath his covers. <laughs> <laughs> to glory, the glory goes to God and God alone. But I thank God I knew what to speak. I could have said, well, oh my goodness, you know, my brother died from these same injuries and I'm worried that it's going to happen. No, I spoke life into my son. I said, Satan, you won't have this one. And to this day, my son is alive and well with two children of his own. So that's a testimony, the power of speaking the word of God. Thank you, Lord. The wise in heart shall be called prudent and the sweetness of the lips increase of learning. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and add of learning to his lips. Pleasant words are as an honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healeth the bones. And actually that says and health to the bones. An ungodly man diggeth up evil and in his lips there is as a burning fire. He shut up his eyes to devise froward things or froward is perverse or crooked things. Moving his lips, he bringeth evil to pass. You see that? You can move your lips and bring evil to pass. Why not bring your lips and bring good to pass? Starting now, forget about the past. It can't come back. It's over. Why don't you start right now to do as Proverbs 16 verses 21, 23, 24, 27, and 30 has just told us. Why don't you begin to change your story? Why don't you begin to change your picture so that you can have a better outcome? The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook, wisdom is on my mind right now too, because I just typed out first, I went through the book of Proverbs and I wrote out all the scripture references to wisdom and I just typed them all out and published my little booklet on wisdom. So, oh, I'm just enjoying the word. I'm, I'm getting it in every, every aspect right now. And it is so needed during these times. And that's basically why I'm sharing it with you. A fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Here's that scripture I was talking about. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And that is Proverbs actually 21 when I said 22. The other verses are 4, 7, and 20. Here's a really, really important and good scripture that I won't have time to go really deep on. But Jesus said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Basically, that means whatever is in a person's heart, they're going to speak it. I've done it before. Have you ever done this? And my husband is good for this. Have you ever gotten into an argument or disagreement? I'm talking to spouses right now because, you know, sometimes it can get personal. 
we're closer to each other. And, you know, I know y'all don't want to admit this, but sometimes we find those little weaknesses and, you know, we know how to get at our spouses to kind of get their attention when we want to get our point across. Hmm. Okay. You don't have to answer, but anyway, <laughs> I know sometimes my husband has said some things and sometimes I have. And then when we're talking later or he, you know, he'll say something to me and I'm the one that usually brings it back up because he'll just let stuff go. It's like, all right, no big deal. And I'm like, what? Say what? Really? Seriously? What? No big deal. You just said ABC. And he's like, yeah, but I was angry with you. So yeah, I said it out of anger. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Wait a minute, brother. You just said that. So for you to say that like that, you meant that thing. No, 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 I didn't mean it. And I always come back with this. I say, the Bible says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. If it wasn't in your heart, you wouldn't have spoken. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, married folk, we got to do better. We got to do better because the Bible tells us, you know, basically, don't even take it there. Don't even go there. You know, watch over your words. And, and we really do need to. Um, but I say unto you that every idol, man, think about that. Every, not even important words. And I'm about to run out of time. Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment for by the words thou shalt be justified and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. That is Matthew 12, 34, the latter part, 36 and 37. Man, I'm having so much fun talking to you, but I got to shut it down and I'll pick back up because I didn't even get to talk about the woman that I wanted to talk about who has something very important to teach us about your words and also incorporating that with faith. So until next time you be blessed, I pray God's riches and abundant blessings upon you and your loved ones. And I'll speak to you again real soon.